everyone. Welcome to Spirit Walking with Asa Hoffman. And this is the last episode in the series, Perspectives on the Pandemic. Um, on Monday, I'm going to announce this again later, but just to make sure that you hear it. Uh, on Monday, I'll be launching Perspectives on the Reemergence. And <clears throat> while in many ways, There'll be uh, certain things that'll be similar, like we're going to have really amazing guests again um, with lots of insightful information. Uh, the focus will be a little bit more on how we come out of this pandemic, uh, which, I mean, as I say that, it's sort of absurd because we haven't really come out of the pandemic. Um, so the reemergence, uh, you know, reemergence is interesting. If you go into the dictionary, it has a lot to do with the reemergence of viruses or diseases. Um, but it's also about our emergence into this new way of life and uh, who we're becoming individually and who are we becoming as a culture. Um, and that's some of what I want to talk about. How do we take this global reset and some of what we've learned from it, some of how we've changed internally, how do we actually bring that to the world? How do we uh, create a better world, you know? Um, I wonder <laughs> when this all started, uh, were you one of those people who ran to the store uh, and emptied the shelves of all the toilet paper? Are you one of them? I'm gonna tell you, you know, <laughs> for me, a uh, little secret about me, um, I have this sort of weird uh, thing where I feel like if it's a paper good or a good that I'm gonna eventually use, whether it's toothpaste or paper towels or toilet paper or something like that, I always feel like you fill the closet. Uh, why would I want to shop for that every week, especially living in New York City? Why would I want to carry this every week if I don't have to? So um, I actually had enough toilet paper on my shelf that uh, I am down to, I think, the last eight rolls of toilet paper that I already had probably bought back in January. So prior to all of this all starting. <laughs> um, so I haven't had to buy toilet paper during all of this, but that's sort of my, uh, the part of me that's you know, the practical side, the tourist side, that's like, yeah, I like that stuff just done. Um, but this run on toilet paper in some weird way just made me think about the run on banks during the depression. Uh, and it made me think about humans and how so many of us manage our lives by <clears throat> we're so busy getting through whatever is happening right now uh, and surviving our own personal lives, whether that's our work, our families, the needs of our day. Um, how many of us wake up, you know, with our energy and we sort of wake up to our morning and we crash into our bed at the end of the day, having spent everything that we have and feeling like, oh, you know, uh, just hoping that we'll wake up the next day with enough energy to get through. Uh, and, and living this life on this merry-go-round this way has caused us to, in a sense, you know, to, hmm, in one way, it has people in touch with survival. It has people in touch with the instability of getting through the day of the day to day, and yet out of touch with how, you know, in some ways unpredictable and unstable our world can be. And so I think what happens is when something like like this pandemic happens, you know, or if it's a hurricane in Florida or whatever the case may be, uh, all of a sudden it's oh my God, there's an emergency, and everybody just runs to like grab resources. Um, and there's sort of this energy of, I have to protect me 
and my own. Because if I don't, there'll be nothing left and you will have taken everything. Uh, and that's kind of the culture that we've been building for a really long time on planet Earth. We don't necessarily think in terms of community and, oh, what are our resources and how do I best support our, my community? We think in terms of how do I get what I need? And uh, it comes out of this panic and out of this survival mode. And I think it comes from a culture that has been constantly living in, in survival mode since the beginning of time. And one of my hopes coming through this pandemic is that we come out the other side and we begin to think about uh, how to create a culture that is not based in survival, but also not based in ignorance, you know, that we, we do have survival, we do have these things that are gonna happen, but how do we create a culture where we begin to build trust? Trust with the people we love and with those people that are in our lives, but also trust in our community. And the answer is that first, we have to actually start creating community. How can we trust something that we don't experience? We don't really experience community in the world uh, very often. You know, we sometimes feel experience it in pockets, but we more experience clips, clicks, excuse me, and belongings and groups, uh, but we don't necessarily experience community. And it's one of the reasons why I started this uh, series was because, you know, I've had this really blessed, amazing experience in my life where I've been able to touch so many different lives and so many different people from so many different walks of life. And I can't tell you um, the variety of human beings who have walked through my office uh, and how different some of them are in the way that they live in the world from how I live in the world. Uh, and yet how, you know, sitting down with them in a sacred setting uh, opening ourselves to each other's spirit, you know, allowing a space of vulnerability, sometimes between strangers, um, with the hopes of connecting in some, into something greater than either one of us. How that is created this understanding of just how connected we're capable of being, no matter what we think, no matter what we believe, no matter where we come from. And I thought, wow, if I could bring some of those people together here, talking about what their perspective might be, that we might find space to hear one another. You know, in my own family, there's a variety of perspectives from uh, whether we, uh, everybody should be vaccinated. Uh, and somebody like Bill Gates is this hero who's uh, going to work to save our planet by bringing a solution through biotech and all the money that he's investing in the World Health Organization, uh, as opposed to other people where, you know, he's the Antichrist who is looking to drive us towards, you know, uh, technological control and, uh, you know, viruses that not only cause us to be sick and, and rob us of what real health is, but also that there's technology and trackers that are going to be there, like just such a wide scope of ideas. Um, and yet we love each other. <laughs> uh, but it, it's not always easy to have these different perspectives. And I think if there's anything that COVID has told us, it's that, that we're interconnected. It's that no matter what our different ideas are, no matter how we think we should run the world, 
no matter what political point of view we come through, we can't escape certain things that connect us with one another. Strangely enough, this time it's a virus. Although how strange is it? You know, I was reading, uh, what's his name? I think I have it in here. This scientist uh, where they're, they're doing this debate over uh, are viruses alive or not? And, and the truth is that it's, the, the, the real truth is that it's a very hard question to answer. Um, it, it's in many ways uh, a, uh, a matter of perspective because viruses <clears throat> cannot live without a host uh, cell. And so therefore many say that viruses are not themselves alive. Uh, yet there's this scientist, David Bella, who argues that, you know, uh, that, uh, what is it here? I wrote a note on it. Uh, uh, here we go. Okay. A satisfactory definition of life lies in the most critical property of genetic heredity, independent evolution. Life is the manifestation of a coherent collection of genes that are competent to replicate within the niche in which, in which they evolved. Viruses meet this definition. They may not on their own be able to live, but within a cell, they are able to evolve. Uh, they have learned how to survive and grow. And the fact of the matter is that there are an estimated 10 to the 31st power of particles of, uh, of virus particles in the ocean, which outnumbers all the, or, by the way, that's 10 with 31 zeros after it, um, with, uh, which, you know, just outnumbers uh, all the other organisms on the planet, uh, alive or not, during. Uh, really well out there. And uh, we have to contend with them. Um, and there is this virus that we don't know how it wound up, you know, whether it's been manufactured, whether it got released in the lab, how it got to us, but it connects us all because this virus is not something, it may impact us in different ways, but the virus is impacting each and every one of us. Um, and ultimately we are connected by, you know, we all need air, we all need water, we need, all need fire, uh, we all need earth to live. And so um, some of what we're going to talk about is what our guests came through with tonight, uh, how we're connected. Uh, I do have a surprise guest. Uh, I'm going to bring back somebody from uh, this past season uh, just to give us a bit of an update. Um, and I'm also just going to open up to your questions and, and conversations, whether those are questions or comments. Uh, this is sort of a good old-fashioned open phones talk show tonight. Um, you are welcome to have Lizette bring you into the conversation, just audio only if you don't want to be on video uh, or with video. That's perfectly up to you. But I'm really open to just chatting with you tonight and having this conversation. I thought it was a great way to end the season. It's April 15th. It feels like a lifetime ago, but it's just six weeks ago that we started this series. Uh, and uh, it sort of came out with a bang. And I thought, let's just hang together tonight. So that's what we're going to do. Um, okay, with that sort of uh, long opening, I want to talk a little bit about some of uh, our, our, well, let's see, let's talk about our first guest first, uh, which was um, Patty Yoon. And, you know, I asked Patty to come on initially because, you know, the first thing that was happening is, is uh, of course, everybody was going like, what the F? 
like what is going to happen where are we going uh and feeling like um it's not just fear it's it's actually that very real understanding that oh i actually don't know what's coming next like i don't necessarily have a sense of, of where we're headed and i really thought we needed to start with an astrologer and we needed to start with an astrologer who uh who i felt would really uh not just project into the planets but actually uh, you know there's many ways to look at astrology and and to read astrology and there are a lot of people who are really the, the planets inspire their own psychic senses and they they move from that place and i think hattie's not only inspired by the planets with her own psychic senses but i think she really does her best to understand what the planet itself is saying and how that might reflect upon us and i thought this is this is where we need to start this show um and she gave us some really great insights um about what was coming uh i don't know if you remember we talked a little bit about uh, a, a potential resurgence um at the time and uh she was talking about uh december uh, between december and march it felt like um the virus it was sort of like we went through this really intense thing and it was okay not over but we were sort of past it and and whether that was because of a vaccine or the virus was really like we just herd immunity or whatever was going to happen we weren't sure um and then uh going forward in uh, 2021 forward that there would be a, a long period though for our economy to sort of figure out its new identity and so that's one of the insights that patty came in with that i thought was really powerful um it was a great show to have her on uh, and then we followed that with pat uh if you remember psychic pat uh <laughs> oh and you know what I, I wanted to mention as i went along here because i asked each one of them to give me their nonprofits, and uh if we could just throw this up there as we go along so patty gave us healthykidsfirst.org um and i thought that, what a great one to uh start off with let's take care of our children um and then psychic pat came in and Psychic Pat, you know, one of the reasons why I brought him on is I was having a conversation. He was talking about this vision that he had had of 2030, where there was this, um, and, and that he had had this vision in the mid 70s, and that there was uh, this potential environmental, um, I don't know if he called it a cataclysm, but basically, you know, just a really horrible time on earth, and that it was really the result of what we had done with the environment. Um, and he, I thought was so important to bring on because he's a really, um, he's a really sane <laughs> psychic, very embodied, uh, very heart centered, um, not looking for a flair for the drama and yet really honest with his perceptions and with what he picks up. And, uh, and so Pat was talking to us about this vision and, you know, one of the things he talked about was how, you know, sometimes these predictions these things that we see in the future they exist in these in these uh like time capsules and these sort of like pockets where where there's these different variables or probabilities that are moving around and that you know you can return to this time and time again to sort of see you know oh is it the same information how has it changed uh and he talked about returning to this vision over and over again and that really it hadn't changed much from 1974 all the way up until uh, 2020. Uh, and <clears throat> somehow uh, when COVID happened, uh, he began to see this shift 
in this timeline. And so uh, he had this very hopeful sense that for as bad as this is what we're going through, that it, this bad is sort of helping us avoid a greater bad in the future uh, and waking us up. Um, and what I really heard in that, of course, is you know if we're looking at these time periods and there's probabilities and they move, what moves them? What do you think moves them? I mean, I think a big part of it is you. You move them, I move them, uh, with the choices that we make, with how we respond. And so, you know, if what he was talking about is true and COVID is here helping us move that 2030 timeline towards a better, more positive outlook, uh, then that means that we're making good choices um, or that we, we have an opportunity to respond in a different way. So I wonder whether we're doing that, right? <laughs> uh, hence the next season, Perspectives on the Reemergence. Um, and you know what I want to tell you in that is you matter in that. Your choices matter in that. Uh, not just globally. You know, how often when something happens, we wait for, for something to change out there, and yet we still behave the same way. You know, are you, uh, when we come through all of this, you know, going to wait for the next emergency and then go make a run on the bank, whether that bank is the bank of toilet paper or the bank of meat or the bank of money, uh, or are you gonna create a more sustainable life? Or maybe you feel like you have more to trust, not necessarily just in others, but in the life that you've created and in your ability to sustain yourself. Um, how do you live in the world and what's your relationship to, to the world around you? It's a really important question. Um, and you know, while we need change in a really big way, we need change in our politics, our politics politicians, uh, in our corporations, um, we need change in our own individual behavior as well. Uh, and in our own willingness to disassociate what we feel we have no power over. You know, we need to remember like, it's actually important that we associate in and find no matter how small it is, whatever power we can have in that, even if that's just to breathe love into it, uh, whatever power we can have. It's so important that we find that if we're going to have an impact going forward. Um, continuing, I followed Psychic Pat with uh, Dr. Kokai, Kamal Kokai, and Walter Blick. Oh, and Psychic Pat gave us uh, doctorswithoutborders.org. Um, so Dr. Kokai and uh, Walter Blick. And it was interesting, you know, Walter really came in, so uh, I, I knew I wanted to have him on because uh, so many of us are um, sitting in anxiety um, and uh, we're dealing with the different anxiety that we were going through. And one of the things that Walter was, was uh, reminding us of, and some, some people understood it more than others. Uh, so I just wanted to go over this again, which is that while we're the person feeling certain feelings, uh, he used the example of the sky and the clouds. And, and, and I think that's where some people got lost. But while we are the, the, the clouds, we're the person feeling these feelings, we're also this more expanded consciousness where the, where the sky as well, outside the clouds, that is always there, that is always present, that doesn't um, have the same uh, 
reaction to cause and effect the same way that sort of holds space as this greater sky consciousness. And that when we're in anxiety, we can actually expand our awareness for a moment outside of this part of ourselves that's feeling that anxiety into the space where we move more into the observer or into that space where we step out of ourselves a little bit and hold space for our anxiety to feel it without necessarily needing to react to it. Um, so to expand our awareness. And one of the things we've been practicing in the Monday meditations is learning how to expand into our awareness or move out into our energetic field to be in heart consciousness. Uh, um, and in doing so, you know, not fighting with these things that come up for us, but making space for them and allowing them to move in us. So it's one of the things Walter was talking about. And Dr. Kai really talked to us about, um, well, he did talk to us about vaccines and it was interesting because you know, his perspectives on vaccines was, he was not feeling it. Uh, he has a uh, really interesting video. Um, and I think we have that, we'll post it on Facebook, the, uh, the link for it. Um, and in that video, he really, he talks about coronavirus uh, and how, where is this? Hang on guys. I do want to look at something real quick. Because it is, uh, let's see, From Mushroom Clouds to Hidden Microbes. Uh, that's the name of the video on YouTube, From Mushroom Clouds to Hidden Microbes. Um, you know, and in this, you know, he really talks about man's role in the creation of the environment that has spawned COVID-19 uh, and that threatens human survival. Um, and uh, <clears throat> it's, it's an interesting video, you know, to watch. Uh, it's an interesting perspective. Uh, and one of the things he really talks about is our consciousness um, and how our consciousness and, and the state of consciousness that we live at, whether we're living in, you know, he gives a, a graph in there where he really shows you know, sort of the levels from fear to love uh, to expanded consciousness, you know, with these different levels in which we can, we think and live and experience the world uh, and how that actually has a direct impact on microbes. Um, anyway, he goes into much more details and is, is uh, got a lot of information and it's definitely worth checking out. Um, and they did, uh, not have did not do a, uh, a donation with them. I actually forgot to ask, uh, but I will tell you, uh, I'm just going to put out there, go to Kokai Om, O-H-M, and uh, check him out, uh, what he's doing. He's doing these uh, meditations, and uh, he's doing different webinars right now to really help people. Um, and then Walter Blick, you can find it at walterblick.com, and I think I mentioned this before, but he's just an amazing healer. Uh, so Tony Leroy came in and he talked to us after that. Um, and Tony Leroy, is a, he's an intuitive counselor, fellow psychic. Um, and he really talked about a renaissance. You know, he really felt through all of this that for his, uh, you know, not minimizing people's experience with, with what's going on right now, that, uh, but that he, it didn't feel like this awful thing on the planet, but it really felt like uh, this was gonna cause a, a renaissance that was gonna have a high impact on art in the future. Uh, compassion and feeling and that you know in, in some ways I sort of connected I connected all of these people in a different way 
because Pat talked about his impact on 2030 for the positive and really, in a sense, implied this change in humanity. Dr. Kai and Walter were talking about really expanding consciousness. And Tony really brought it down to like, you know, we're going to directly see that in our arts, in, in the world that we create around us, in, in how we walk in the world and, and in our compassion. Um, and Tony gave us, by the way, the Good Dog Foundation, which I love. He brought animals to it, thegooddog.org. Uh, and I followed him with Miss Blossa. And Miss Blossa, as many of you know, has been just a great mentor teacher to me. And, uh, and you know, there's so much I could talk about. I, I could spend a whole night just talking about her talk. But, uh, but the thing I wanted to bring back to you tonight was um, that we're all in some way here to be of service. We're all to be here to be in service with whatever our gifts are. It's not that we're here to be the fix of what other people need. We're here to bring the best of what we have to offer. Um, and so she suggested that we go and sit on the earth. Literally, she meant it. Go sit on the earth and ask the earth, you know, what is it that I am to bring of service at this time? What is COVID-19 bringing to me at this time? What is this for me? And how can I be of service? And I just think that was a really beautiful message. Um, she, uh, we talked about Linda uh, and the Navajo Reservation um, and her organization, which is uh, Adopt a Native Elder. Um, and they help to bring supplies and bring help the elders who are living on the reservations. So. Um, and then Kevin Tedeschi came and uh, from the ARE, which is the Edgar Casey uh, Foundation, and you know we really uh, we talked about a variety of things. Um, I actually picked his donation organization, which is I picked Edgar Casey for him because I didn't want to put him in the position of having to pick that. <laughs> um, but I think it's a really great organization uh, that does a whole lot to serve the evolution of consciousness and to uh, keeping a conversation alive that Edgar Casey started, you know, seven decades ago or whatever it's been longer. Um, uh, and so I, I gave that one, so it's edgarcasey.org. Um, and, you know, with Kevin, we really talked about resourcing our dreams um, and that we could resource our dreams and connecting with them. Uh, if you remember, I talked about writing a letter to your dreaming self um, and asking for the support that you needed or the insight that you needed. Uh, but the other one that I thought was really interesting, um, he talked about many th things, that there were certain themes that, that uh, Casey talked about uh, throughout his readings. Uh, and one of them was rebellion. Uh, and that, um, that there would be this thousand years of no rebellion on the planet. But it, and in a sense, what he, but what he said Casey implied is that souls that were rebellious in nature wouldn't be allowed to be born onto earth um, because they were in disservice of, of the greater evolution of humanity uh, or what was needed on the planet, which is really interesting to me, because especially, you know, growing up in a country where we, we are, uh, we were the rebels, man. <laughs> we were the, we're not taking this shit. We're, we're not paying this tax. We want a different world. Um, and, and I think on one level, it's interesting because I think that's a triggering concept. 
but when you stop and pull back and start to think about it, you know, if we're moving more towards community and collective consciousness and begin to expand our conversation around interconnectedness, then we can't just keep moving from what we're against. We have to start moving from what we're for, which means we're gonna to have to get better at having difficult conversations and going through challenging subjects uh, without needing to oppress the other person uh, or to just force oppression off of us by dominating the other side, but to actually make space for these difficult conversations, to actually you know, mature into a place where we can hear, think, feel, and respond, even when we're, in, we're at a point where we're thinking, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I really, I took that to heart. Uh, you know, words can be nuanced and we can get caught up on a word like rebellion, uh, but the consciousness of rebellion, not necessarily just in its opposite polarity, but maybe in a more balanced polarity, you know, how do we step up and stand up for what we're for without needing to oppress others? Um, Kevin, org. I mentioned it. Great. Uh, before I continue on with what I want to talk about, I want to bring on my surprise guest here and, uh, and then also give you guys a chance to begin uh, asking questions. Um, so uh, I'm going to circle back and bring in with us um, somebody that you know, <laughs> if you've been watching this, um, who I'm really excited to have here. Uh, and that is um, Patty Yu, who has on my very first episode. Patty, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me back, Asa. Thank you for coming back. Uh, I don't even know how long I've been rattling on for, but thank you for being so patient, hanging out there. <laughs> I'm taking notes on what you were saying. Yeah, oh good. I'm glad there were things worth taking notes on. <laughs> um, so Patty, I, I really wanted to circle back with you uh, to ask you, you know, we started this whole season with, you know, what do the stars and the planets have to say about COVID-19? What does it have to say about uh, 2020 and beyond? Um, and, you know, you gave us a great deal of insights, I thought, throughout uh, our conversation. It was really a fabulous way to start the season. Thank you again. Um, but, you know, one of the things I know doing this work uh, is that, you know, these are interpretations of really large objects influencing, you know, a much, you know, oftentimes smaller object uh, and really small when it, we go down to ourselves, you know, um, comparatively. And so sometimes there's movement in that and in, in how we start to see the relationship between the planets and their influences and what's actually manifesting or taking place on the earth. So one of my questions are, is, uh, is there anything that you would absolutely change from what you said in our very first episode? Um, no, I, I wouldn't. I think that the symbolism was there and I, I thought at a certain point, like, how is this going to play out the way that it seems like it would because things are starting to change, but now, I mean, when things play out, it's really amazing because I couldn't have made up 
what has been going on um, with this whole situation. It's just is, I never would have been able to make up this kind of story. So I think it actually just reinforces a lot of the key words and, and things, the concepts that we were talking about at that time. Um, reality is very bizarre right now. Um, reality is really bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then are there any new insights at this time that you would say uh, based on what's going on? Um, I would say, so two of the things I, I thought that you said that were really important to go back to um, was when you said, I think it was when you were talking about politicians and like taking back our power. And um, that seems to be, you know, it's Pluto and Saturn together. It's about, Pluto is about power. Um, and I think through all of this, there's this amazing um, astrologer, mundane astrologer that I listen to. She's not for the faint of heart, but um, her name is Anne Ortley. And one of the key phrases she's been saying the whole time is, it's time to take back your personal power, you know, and there's a sense of sovereignty and also, um, it was all in Capricorn. So there's a real sense of responsibility as well, like self-responsibility and, and how are you going to show up in this society? So, um, and I think it's so interesting, even with this whole mask and cult, uh, culture war thing with like, no masks allowed. You can't come in unless you have a mask. And even that um, has been so interesting to watch because I guess to me, if I knew that I could be affecting somebody else's health, I don't understand why I wouldn't take that responsibility and just wear a fucking mask, you know? So uh, even that's been really interesting to watch how, like what people are, don't want to be responsible for, don't want to make the calls on, they want somebody else to make the call on, like how we handed over our authority to somebody else and how can we take some of that authority back? Okay, but you know, and what you're just saying though, uh here's the question you know when you say take back your power you know what do we really mean by that because some people will say you're taking away my power by telling me i have to wear a mask mm, I, yes that's very true um right i mean isn't that the problem is that <laughs> you know one of the problems and, and one of the things with this language that we we use you know english is such a uh all language actually that we use is uh is you know, it fails so often to really convey the spirit and the feeling behind something. If we're not really listening to the heart of what's behind the words, you know, and if we're not expressing the heart that's in our words, um, people don't hear us the same. You know, people, people talk to me often about um, uh, the power that I have when I communicate, whether in a reading or even just connecting with friends. And, and I do think a big part of that is from a very young age, I really thought, oh, let me actually really feel what I'm saying and then make sure that I express from that place so that you actually can hear me. And that was sort of always in the back of my head. I don't know where that ever came from, but, uh, but thank you. Uh, um, uh, and I think, I think taking back our power, we need to really define it from, from something that goes beyond what those words mean on the surface. Because taking back our power isn't power of us oh. over others, mm -hmm. right? And it's not power of others over us mm -hmm. and i, think I feel that like that's where responsibility comes in a little bit of uh, self-responsibility accountability for yourself um well and i continue your thought because there was something else i wanted to bring up that relates back to this that you no listen about. you're going in my direction what i'm gonna say <laughs> is if i'm gonna if i'm gonna add to it i'm gonna add this 
it's where community comes back in. It's where we have to, where we've actually, you know, in creating this modern society that has many things I really love and don't want to go away, you know, we've also lost our sense of community and our remembrance that, that we do not exist independently. No one lives on, on, my mother loves to say this, no one lives on air alone. No one lives on air alone. We, we, we have so many needs and requirements and we are not able to meet all of our needs on our own. We actually need each other. You know, if, if we were meant to do everything on our own and all by ourselves, we would be born on a planet of one, just one person, one thing, no other life forms, right? But we're not. We're born on a planet with 7 billion other people and trillions of other life forms. And that's because we need each other and we need the collaboration in order to live and to survive and to thrive. And I think this whole idea that being powerful or being in our power is somehow separate or removed from others is this false identity that you could even exist independent of these other elements. Let me take air away and let's see how well you live. Mm -hmm. let's, let's take food away and see how well you live. Like you do not live independent of your environment and independent of that which is around you. So taking back your power is also about accepting your role in your community. That's a big part of it. And you can change your role in your community. This is not an, uh, an inscribed role, but, but you first have to accept your role in your society. And we do have a role to play for each other. Sorry, back to you, yeah. you uh, <laughs> It's interesting to think about taking back your power and then looking at those pictures of guys with um, like giant, I don't know what kind of guns they were, but slung around their, you know, like, um, I don't know, are they rifles? I, I clearly don't know guns, but, and they're marching on the Capitol and they're just fighting for their rights and they're being very American, right? And. I remember seeing this Instagram post by this rapper Bun B and he was like, Colin Kaepernick just took a knee. Why was that so offensive? But then these other ways of displaying, like needing to take back your power or don't infringe on my rights is acceptable. You know, so it, it's, we're living in bizarro world right now. But um, I think the other thing that you had mentioned that, um, and I think it kind of ties back into this is, so, one significant thing that has happened since the last time we uh, met up was there are these points in the sky called the nodes of fate and we have them collectively and we have them individually in our charts and it's sort of like past life or like releasing and then what are you being pushed to grow into and so on may 4th they changed from cancer capricorn which is all about home and then the government or the top-down power and like nurturing ourselves like we were in this polarity and as the, the nodes were wrapping up that Cancer Capricorn story, it was like we were all forced to stay home, which was very literal and crazy, but they moved into Gemini Sagittarius. And the whole thing with that is letting go of your blind beliefs. Gemini is the beginner's mind, just like curious, asking, why do you believe that? And what's also significant about this is that this is the same position they were at right after 9-11. 9-11 was when wow. Pluto and Saturn were also in opposition. This time they came together in the sky. So, and if you're old like me, you remember like the crazy conspiracy theories, you know, and like how everyone was on this, like, I'm right, you're wrong. What I believe is right. If you believe something different, it's threatening to me. And I think the whole lesson right now is to have that open mind you're talking about, like to be willing to have those conversations and be like, instead of you're an asshole for believing that, be like, well, can you tell me more about that, you know, or can we just discuss this, you know, without getting into a holy war, you know, like it's 
those conversations are so important to help us stay connected, even though it seems impossible right now for us to be connected. But it we have to have that that openness and that curiosity. Otherwise, it's just going to keep getting more and more divided. It just seems like it's getting even more divided than it was before, which is I didn't really think that was possible. But it seems like we're going down this very, very divided path. Um, and well, so but that's what I was talking about and people running for their toilet paper, you know, and relating it back to, you know, the run on the banks, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, people go into survival mode and then it becomes an excuse you know, to oppress your neighbor and to oppress others. And survival mode isn't connected to them. It's forgetting that that survival really happens through all of us. You know, I might get by right now on my own, but but if I'm gonna thrive in the world, you know, I need my neighbors. I need my I need my, my I need my country. I need you know <laughs> I need grocery stores. I need jobs. We need you know there's 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 a multitude of things that we need. And that's that's an that's an us thing. It's a we thing. It's not just an I thing. Mm -hmm. um, that's why I keep talking about we need to connect our eye to the we without losing our eye. Our eye is really important. And it, it's not, I'm not saying we need to negate that, you know. Uh, and it's one of the important things that America brought up was like really, America really brought us to our eye from a we perspective. It was this idea that we as a group could come together, but in it, you know, as happens with human beings, there's factions and those factions that think that they're right and these are wrong, it becomes this, this battle for power. And and what we lose is the ability to hear one another, you know? And one of the things that I see, you know, you talk about conspiracy theories. Well, you know, I'll, I'll use that term as well. And I do have some people in my life who, uh, I have many people who are, are really knowledgeable on, on these conspiracies that are going on out there. And they get upset when I call it a theory uh, because they're like, no, these conspiracies are really happening. And, and what I'm gonna tell you is this, you know, uh, within those, those conspiracy theorists, there is real information that's in there, you know? The theories part is, 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 as humans, we project into the future what that means all the time. We all do it to some degree. What's this going to be? What's it going to mean? And, and because we don't always agree with where somebody projects it to, we don't even hear them in the first place at what they're saying. And I think that's what I'm talking about, is getting into a conversation where we have a space to actually hear what people are, are saying and not just getting lost in, in necessarily where they take it or where they think it's going to go. Because um, it, it's, it's when we come there that we can learn to hear each other. And, and I do think, you know, what we need is to learn from, uh, from those who've done it successfully in the past, which were, were the, the, the communities that were more indigenous in nature, you know, that were more community oriented in nature, you know, where they actually came together and they heard one another. Um, and they learn to live not just for themselves, but for their community um, uh, and what that really meant. You know what's really hopeful about all of that is that um, at the end of the year, uh, on the winter solstice, um, Jupiter and Saturn make a great conjunction. It's once every 20 years, and it's in the sign of Aquarius, which is about community, about brotherhood. And I'm really hoping that after the tidal wave of 2020, you know, that, that we really do move forward, forward with more of a sense of, you know, as a nation, maybe as a, a, a world, um, you know, Aquarius really is about looking out for everybody. And um, this is like a big 20 year cycle we're starting after all the events of 2020. And I, I do hope that, well, I don't even say I hope, but I do feel that that sense of community and that sense of looking out for each other, um, that sense of bringing everybody up, 
will be more prevalent than it has been for a while. You know, um, it'll take a little while to really get into, you know, obviously it's not going to happen right on the winter solstice, but I feel like that's kind of the direction that we're being led into in how much we do need each other. Um, so do you think that's a part of why the divisiveness is just so in our face? Um, I think part of the divisiveness is, well, definitely the media choosing what they, they choose to like blast. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm realizing that um, everyone's going through, everyone's like, oh, we're all in this together, right? But if we're all on a, a wrecked cruise ship and we all get thrown into the ocean, well, some people only have um, a wood plank and some people have like luxury yachts, right? And so it's been so amazing to see some people are like, well, you know, I don't know anyone that's lost anyone. I haven't seen any refrigerated trucks. I haven't, you know, and so to them, they're like, it's not really happening. Meanwhile, I had a friend whose father just passed away from COVID related um, complications. And so it's, um, I think there's something about everyone's been so isolated and maybe some of the divisiveness is like the, the other states in the United States didn't see what New York saw. And even some of New Yorkers didn't see what New York saw, you know? And so um, I think that adds to it. Um, and I don't know. Maybe, you know, I, I really meant it in the more of a bigger picture. I think with, with COVID-19, I mean, yeah, there's such strong opinions about how bad is it or not. You know, I have everything from, uh, friends and people in my life saying, you know, it's it's just a bad flu and it's not that big of a deal uh, to another friend who keeps saying we're not talking about it as what it is. It's a plague. Um, and then I have, you know, a friend who is a medical doctor, a very smart medical doctor, who's saying like, look, uh, you know, we're relating this second wave to being that's that everybody thinks is coming to being so much worse. And, and we're relating that back to the last time we had this type of pandemic on the planet. And that was a hundred years ago. And what we're not accounting for is the difference in medicine and the fact that we already just in the last two months know how to treat COVID better and, and we're, we're progressing medicine. It's not gonna be as bad. Uh, what's the other one that I've heard? I mean, I've, I've had so many different uh, flying things around COVID and, and opinions and it's, and the truth is COVID is something we're still, dis we're still discovering. We only have the past to go on and where we are right now. But you know, the things that aren't just that are, are our politics. <clears throat> I'm talking about the fact that, you know, we've been in, in I mean, these, these last, you know, few elections have been like none other in the most, some of the most vile, uh, aggressive and, and digressive and just the lowest of low competitive forces of trying to oppress one another, you know, and then as we're going through this, I mean, we've all seen now, you know, uh, a woman, you know, with her dog off leash and a guy telling her to put her dog off leash, you know, and uh, he happens to be a black guy. And now she's like, you know what, I'm going to say a black man's raping me, you know, I'm going to call the police, you know. Oh my and, God. <laughs> you know, and then we have uh, George Floyd, you know, who had a knee on his neck for five, five minutes, you know, until he died. Um, there is, when I talk about divisiveness, I'm talking about more than just our opinions around COVID and what's happening. You know, I'm really talking about our uh, our willingness to disregard other people's feelings, our willingness to disregard other people's even right, right to their life. That's right. Yeah, that's what I'm really talking about. And and it's a it's it seems to me like such a loss of humanity, and that that you know, just setting aside for uh, what we believe are our rights. You know, 
uh, or for our belief that, you know, if I, if I, if I'm in power, your life is better because I know what's right for the world. You know, um, that's what I'm really talking about, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, if we're going to go there, I really, I'm going there. <laughs> yeah, okay. I really um, think <laughs> I want better for people. I want better. I want people to, you know, to me, this is, you know, uh, I'm a spirit walker. You're a spirit walker. Every person listening, you guys, you're all spirit walkers. You are the culmination of energy and consciousness and matter and chemicals, all of these things that have came together to create physical life on planet Earth. You are spirit in body. You know, spirit walkers, and we're not spirit walkers out there among spirit. We are spirit here among the earth and among these physical things. And our consciousness in this body and how we live, where we live from in our own, you know, uh, beliefs and our own ideas. You know, do you sit there, if you're a person who has anxiety, do you sit there and suffer your anxiety and believe that, you know, it's something that you have are, are powerless over? Or do you try to actually connect with yourself and say, wait, let me actually connect with my breath. Let me connect with step one, because I remember that I am a consciousness. I at one time was above all of this, and now in this body, somewhere in there, I've lost my connection to that source energy that I am. But I'm still that source energy, and I don't need Asa. I don't need, you know, Patty, and I don't need somebody to come in here and turn me back on. I need to turn me back on. I actually need to connect to that in me. I don't need a psychic, because I am that spirit walker myself. Are you claiming your power? Are you claiming who you truly are and bothering to connecting to that? Because if we start doing that, you know, we experience consciousness from the inside out and it changes our behavior, it changes who we are and it changes the world. And yes, we need to stand up and we need to stand against these, the atrocities that are out there, but we need to not think that the way to stand against those atrocities is only to go out there and say, you can't do that, you're bad, you're wrong, I'm gonna punish you. We need to realize that may be a part of the process of saying, no, we are not gonna accept this, but if we're gonna have a real impact, we actually have to change who we are and who we are being and realize that we are a part of that poison. And if you separate yourself too far from it, you are out of touch with the truth. No, that was really hard. All that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I need to turn on my light really quick. Um, Can you tell that I've been, uh, you know, I'm I'm not. Um, if we're following a spiritual path just to feel better, we're not on the spiritual path. That's that's what I'm actually saying. You know, the spiritual path is about evolving our consciousness is evolving where we live in it's about impact on ourselves from within and impacting our world so anyway you know what patty when i brought you on i didn't mean to take you down that road i did want to ask you you know the next uh coming months uh uh um you know i think uh well we talked a little bit that uh that there was like a rise that was going to come uh with with COVID that you felt, uh, or that the planets were saying, and that you thought it was gonna be soon. There was something about the end of June, I think you said, I forget, but can you uh, talk about that? Tell me if I'm right, wrong. Yeah, um, well, I just wanna say one thing about what you were saying. I do think sure. once, once they realized what communities, what race or what ethnicities were actually being affected the most, um, whether it's more uh, Democrat, the more densely urban populated areas, whether it was more Latino and black that were dying, it just seemed like as soon as that information came out, a lot of people stopped giving a fuck. 
Um, and, you know, like they were like, well, it doesn't affect me as much, right? It's not real to me. And that was a truly disgusting and heartbreaking thing to see because it's not about, it's about systemic problems that we haven't, we haven't really been able to fix yet um, in America. And, um, you know, my son is half black. And every time I hear those stories, I think that when he's older, it could happen to him. And it, it's really fucking tragic. It's really a shame. And um, I think that the virus not only helped divide, but it also exposed that division that was already there, which is what this virus has been very insane, the way it's been exposing things, the way things have been coming up. So um, I think in a lot of ways, it's showing some of the really ugly parts. You know, and Pluto and Saturn are not pretty. They don't play. They're like really serious and, and heavy planets. I mean, transformation, like you're saying, showing up and, and doing the, you know, like showing up from where you are and evolving your consciousness, you know, Pluto does that in a really, really uh, major way. <laughs> you know, he's, he's a Hades, a Lord of the underworld. So he takes you down there and you come back out a totally different person. So we're all oh. kind of going through that transformation this year. And the other side of it is, you know, this also sent us home. A lot of people have gotten creative. You know, I mean, I have to say everybody coming to this show, I have a lot of people that have been coming to the show and connecting with community uh, and even via online. And we've done meditations where, you know, I can't tell you the letters I get, but people feeling the connections between one another. Um, and, you know, the earth has given us this amazing ability, uh, excuse me, amazing example of the ability to rejuvenate by going within and having this reset by, by slowing down. But you know, we're at a point where, you know, Disney just opened up that they're, that just announced that they're opening up. They just announced it today, you know, so they're gonna be opening up, like that's it, gates, gates are open. Um, you know, we have this reset. It feels like it's really possible that we could just get so hypnotized like people it's like coming out of any bad thing like when you're in it you think oh my god you know i'll never be the same and then you come out and you're like oh yeah that happened you know once you start to feel better and, <laughs> and you know uh i think the whole if there is a point for pluto and hades and that whole energy it's to make sure that we don't do that yeah you know, it's, not, it's not to oppress us it's not to have this dark experience and to make it all you know this heavy thing, but it's to make it heavy enough that we realize like, you know, um, feeling all of the bad feelings and doing nothing isn't good enough. So when something's happening, that we actually have to take action and action is in our personal lives and globally, you know, personally, I think we need to say no to Disney. I think people need to not go and say no. So thank you, but no. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially anyway, I asked you about June though. Did you have a thing about June? Yeah, so um, we're in we're in kind of like Neptune fantasy land right now, which is probably why everything's opening up. Everyone wanted to party for Memorial Day, so that was May, early May, and that's going to last uh, probably through the beginning of June. But we have we are now officially in eclipse season, and usually there's only two eclipses, but we have three in June and July. That means eclipse season is six weeks. Um, eclipses are change you know and they bring things in um and the one on june 20th is i thought this whole like two month period was kind of a turning point but if we actually boil it down to one turning point it's the june 20th solar eclipse that is going to be a really powerful one um 
And shortly after that, a lot of planets change energies. Um, Venus goes direct. We get out of this Neptune fantasy land. Mars leaves Pisces, where honestly, um, if you look at like the mundane astrology of it, uh, Mer when Mercury was in Pisces was when the virus is spreading a lot and we didn't know it. You know, he had a retrograde in Pisces earlier in February and March. Mars in Pisces, I think, is um, has the potential to, while we have our guards down, to have um, more spread. And um, so this, I think it's so important everyone to stay on top of taking care of yourselves and being safe because we don't know yet. And so Mars enters Aries at the end of June for six months, and that's going to kick off. And I, you know, I want to say there was the Pluto-Saturn in January, and then Mars came in and activated. But Jupiter and Pluto met up, and that's a three-part story this year. The first part was April 4th, which is when it's like, holy shit, what are we, what the fuck happened? The second part is actually June 30th. So we have a lot of activity in the last 10 days of June, where I really believe that's when things will really start shifting, and we're going to go into chapter three of the story. It's, the story is not over yet. We have to make it to when um, the end of the year uh, to see really what the story is you know um so from a planetary perspective what you're saying is that one it looks like we could have a resurgence coming pretty soon actually or an upsurge in in cases uh two is you know it's not exactly clear exactly what that looks like however no matter what they're definitely saying take take uh heed take notice and be conscious about uh being careful with your behaviors with yourself and with what you're doing and with your community that's around you uh would you say that's right yeah uh, it hard down right now yep and then uh and then these eclipses added into that you know uh what's being eclipsed in our sun do you think that our it's really eclipsing our our current identity on the planet and that our identity will shift as a culture um i mean it's the summer solstice it's the the brightest day of the year when we're having a solar eclipse coming up in here. You know, it's um, interesting because uh, I was talking to, you know, Jessica, I was talking to her earlier and she was like, I really feel like this is gonna be bringing in kind of like the opening story to what the, the story is for the next 18 months with Gemini Sagittarius, uh, which is what was going on right after 9-11. Um, I think we, there's so many cycles happening at the same time. With eclipses, you really look at where eclipses are going over. Um, this one's going directly over China in June. And in the news, I've already seen articles. Um, and I don't mean to scare anyone, but I really want everyone to have all the information that I think is pertinent to them. You know, obviously do your own research, but that the, the virus is already um, mutated again to where the incubation period is even shorter. Um, obviously, there's still so many unknowables about it, but I, I think everyone is so want, I understand. I mean, quarantine has been kind of rough sometimes, even though I've, I've loved aspects of it. Mm -hmm. um, but, <laughs> you know, this rush to get back to life. Um, some people are doing it because they want to, some people are doing it because they have to. Um, but just please take care because we still have more to come. And the planets have more lessons for us to learn. Um, I think it could be even more dynamic than the the first quarantine, you know, like I, the fall of Spanish flu, like you were um, saying, which isn't that interesting that it wasn't actually a Spanish flu. It was just that Spain didn't uh, 
right didn't get involved in world war ii and join either side and then they're like well fuck it we'll just call it spanish flu like it was kind of a, a racist thing now this is the chinese flu right um it's the same pluto saturn and the second wave was uh was bigger you know um but well i just I'm wonder i will say it I, I do have to wrap up to get back because i want to make sure i get some questions in here tonight but uh but i will say i, I do wonder if the second wave is the virus or if the second wave brings other things that we don't expect in the world. You know, I do wonder if the second wave and the change that's really coming are these unexpected things that are gonna happen uh, that we don't even realize right now that are, that are taking place. Um, and that's the part, because there's a lot of stuff that's hidden right now that I see from the planets um, and just that I tune into out there. Um, or the elections even. Huh, what's that? Or the elections even. Yep. Yeah, so- We'll be talking about that, all that as we go. Uh, yeah. Yeah, in September, I'm going to start a Perspectives on Politics show. So we're going to be, be doing a whole thing on that, but I'm going to wait for that one. I've got a long way to go until we get there. Uh, Patty, thanks for being here. Of course. No problem. Please, a couple questions, comments for Patty. So can we keep oh. it on for just a couple seconds? And we can. Yep, on. sure. Go for it. Okay. Awesome. So I'm going to promote someone um, to video. This is Gray Strega. So do you want to ask your question? I know you had two questions, but this one um, we can have you ask for, for Patty. Hi, Patty, and um, hi, Asa. Thank you both guys so much for doing this. This is so needed right now. I think that particularly being so isolated and having community around has just been so incredibly helpful. Um, Patty, I did have a question as it relates to astrology and the current pandemic. Um, I was curious to know if Chiron plays into what we're experiencing right now during this pandemic at all. Um, I. You know, I think it comes in and goes depending on when um, the planets make aspects to Chiron. You know, I almost wonder, in a way, there is like another story with Chiron and Eris um, that is a, a bigger story that's happening about um, kind of disruptive. Uh, disruption can be a good thing, but um, I think Chiron is a little less in the spotlight this year and especially regarding um, what's happening with the pandemic. Um, but I think there's still elements of Chiron as other planets come around and aspect Chiron in the sky and kind of bring that healing into, um, that healing into our experience, you know, or sometimes when that healing is a little bit harder or more of a struggle. So yes and no, does that make sense? <laughs> Very much, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. No problem. And did, she, did you have another question or were we just asking the one? Oh, you know, I, I think my other question was um, a bit more of a broad one. Um, a, it's a bit more outside of the pandemic, but I'm always, I'm always very fascinated when it comes to um, healers and kind of how they, they find And so I'd be very interested to find out more about from, from both of you actually about how you kind of found your way to your calling. Same. Patty, you know what? Do you want to say anything? I, I want to keep it brief, like I said, but uh, but do you have anything that you want to say about that? Um, a lot of trial and error. I'll just say that a lot of trial and error and just uh, eventually going towards what I really felt drawn to. Um, but you felt drawn, if I remember correctly, you felt drawn from a very young age and felt like you wanted to be a psychic or be a something. Like there was a party that was drawn to this 
direction in some way, no? Yeah, but you know, when you're when you have Asian parents, it's like you can't do that. You got to be a doctor. <laughs> but that's not the point. You were mm -hmm. drawn to it. You were drawn to it, and and yes, and then somewhere along the way, you found your way to it. Obviously, overcoming whatever you had to overcome to get there. Right, and we're in a great time where it's a little bit more acceptable or accessible, um, which is great. You know, a lot of people feel like they have access to it much more than it being a hidden thing. So. Uh, I happen to line up with society at a pretty good time, I feel like. I think so. The world is waking up. Um, <laughs> thanks so much for having me on. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you for being here. I loved having you on. I appreciate you and uh, sending all the best to you and your family. You too. Tell Michael hi. Bye. <laughs> hi, Michael. Thanks, Patty. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, okay. Yes, so we have another we have another question we can get to if you're ready. Sure. Yeah, bring it on. Let's take some okay. questions. All right, Sindara, okay. you're up next. I will uh, turn on your audio. Hi, Sindara. Hey, Lisa. Can you hear How me? Are you? I can. I can hear you. I'm good. Um, I have a question. It's been a, a couple of weeks ago. I, I, I try to stay informed, but minimally so. And a couple of weeks ago, I had a really tangible experience where I felt really nauseous when I sat down to get on my computer to actually check in, see what I could find, follow some of the links I've been following. And I thought that was strange. And then I, a couple of days later, I did it again. And then I felt both nausea and a little bit of irritation. And so I sat with that because it was intense. It wasn't just, I shouldn't say it wasn't just a little nausea or a little irritation. It actually felt overwhelming. And so, I sat with that and what I realized was when I was looking, when I was going out to get informed into the out there, you know, the internet, Facebook, friends, conversations, I wasn't heart centered. I wasn't connected in, I wasn't connecting inwardly. And so I thought, okay, so how can I bridge this being connected inwardly and then going out there to get informed? And I've been struggling with that because when I really go inward, I lose all interest in getting informed from out there, but I do know. That, <laughs> <laughs> but I do know that I think to to I want my life to be simpler yet more sustainable and have a, a much more active community component moving forward for myself and my family. I'm not sure what that looks like yet, but I do believe that's going to take some outward movement, not just inward connection. So I'm. I'm kind of struggling with what does that look like being able to stay really inward and heart centered and going out there and trying to be informed. And, and is there any benefit to being informed right now? I, I don't know. For me, yeah, you for know me what? personally. Uh, I have a couple things to say on that. And, and Lizette, don't mute her just because I might want Sindar to respond. But let me just uh, talk to you a second here and tell you. Um, uh, so I have, I have many things to say. Number one, you know, when we start to connect in and, and anchor to that inner being, and, and sometimes we really discover uh, home in a different way inside ourselves than, than what we experience before we ever bother to go in that way. And we experience peace in a different way or a sense of, um, it, it's almost a sustainability. You know, it's that trust I'm talking about. It's a deeper sense of trust, not just trusting other people, but just a sense of connectedness or trust in life. And it feels like stepping out there in the world or connecting with the world all of a sudden becomes this really unsafe thing. 
um, you know, not all of us, but but many of us were once, you know, children who believed that we were completely safe in the world and that our, our parents or somebody had our back and that we were going to be totally okay. And, and as we grew up into more of the reality of what the world is, you know, we, we conditioned ourselves to it and we found ways to survive and to live in that. Um, uh, but it, it happened over time. So we, didn't, we don't necessarily always recognize how far we actually came from that place of feeling safe or at home in our bodies and our being or, you know, having a right to our life in a certain way. Um, so going within is a really, there's so many layers to what, what goes on and what we plug into there. And then I also talked about source energy, you know, and it's, you know, there's something about when we start to connect into source, uh, our own source, um, that's so natural and feels like uh, where we were meant to live that it, you know, it, I think it creates two, I think it depends on the person. I think in some people it creates this reaction of like, oh my God, I've got to get out and share that. And I think for others, it creates that reaction of like, oh my God, I don't want to lose this. I better stay here, you know? Um, so I think that's a part of what happens. And, you know, I'm going to tell you when you're in that space, it's um, how do I, how can I best be of service? I think it goes back to what Ms. Blasa was saying. You know, that's the moment to ask, how can I best be of service? And knowing that when you're asking that question, you don't necessarily have to verbalize this in the question, but knowing when you're asking it, you're asking from the place of, how do I live in this space? How do I, from this space, be best of service? Not how do I give myself away? How do I give from here? Uh, and I think when you ask from that, it, um, even if you don't get a clear answer, it helps you move forward in a different way. At least it does me. Um, the other one is, you know, uh, something that I learned from, from um, many different native cultures was uh, that each one of us is a leader. In, in some way you could say, you know, it's like in modern days we talk about each one of us having a purpose. Each one of us is a leader in some way. And so, you know, how do I lead? It's the same sort of a theme, but really connecting into how do I lead in the world? You know, which means, and why I connect into that terminology where it's a little different is when we think of leading, it means, you know, that means bringing our energy with us into the world and not letting it get pushed away. But how do I lead with that energy? Um, uh, and I think that that might help also. Did that make sense? Did that help, you know, Sundara, just to throw that back it, to you? It did actually, um, because now I have a place to go with my inward connection. I like the, how can I, how can I best be of service? And then what comes, I'll be able to trust because it, it will either have that feeling with it, you know, that resonating feeling when it presents in myself, which takes some of the, takes a lot of the mental efforting and the mental searching of being informed out of the equation. So that's, well, I don't want to just. I'm, I'm going to tell you something though, to remember. So the more, one is we have to plug into this enough that it's familiar, that we know what it means to be connected inwardly, number one. Number two, we need to ground that, you know, whether in ourselves and, and also ground ourselves with, with earth, with nature, and realize that that energy that we're connecting into is nature. It is natural. Uh, it lives in us. It's not something generated by us. It lives in us. So really understanding that we ground with nature in us. And so when we do that, we're really not just moving into a state of being, we're actually anchoring ourselves to the natural consciousness that we are. Mm -hmm. Got that so far? Yeah. And then when you have that, 
what happens is as you move forward, you're right. You don't want to have to be as mental about it, but you know, your body might tell you like, as you start to go out and give in a certain way, like, or even just, I need to go to the store and you might have a moment where your body just, your energy goes out from underneath you and it lets you know, like, uh, I shouldn't go. Like my body's telling me I don't have the energy to do that right now. You know? So it's also, you know, not just forcing ourselves to push through, but learning how to listen to that and maybe getting attuned to where to push ourselves and where not to, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I had a day where I, I'll tell you my own example. Uh, I'm pretty, you know, adept at tuning inward this way, energetically. And I had a day where I left the house, I needed to get something from the store and it was important. And I went so far as to get in the car and I drove about five miles from the house before I turned around and came back, before I finally just felt the energy draining out of me and realized like, I need to stop being, you know, the stubborn ace that I can be and really recognize that I just need to go home. And, and I turned around and I came back and I listened. Um, so it's, it's really being a, a more in tune with yourself than it is just a mental process, right? And learning how to listen to that and realizing, you know, we go off tune, but we can come back to tune. So, and it's, it's learning. And when you start to live there, it's staying in harmony. Uh, it's not controlling these things. And it feels really different and it, it becomes more effortless with time. Thank you. You got it. Thanks for the question. I think it's a good one. Lizette, is there anybody else? Yes, we have one more question. It's anonymous, so I will go ahead and read it. Um, Asa, oh, what is your perspective on the timeline of COVID-19? Yeah, uh, so let's see. Give me a sec here. So, um, I wanted to just check in again because I look at this often in different ways. And my answer is that it's a moving target. Um, it's not a set thing. Uh, what I can tell you is uh, it's not over. I, I agree with Patty. I don't recommend um, taking your mask off. That's why I have this here. Um, uh, great reminder that you know you don't belong indoors with others without covering your face and uh, whether for yourself or for them. Um, uh, and the exact time frame I don't have. You know, my, my feeling is pretty clear. I, I do believe we're going to see an up, uprise in uh, that's going to happen uh, coming up in front of us. Logically, it doesn't feel like it's that far off. I mean, that's just my logic. I'm watching what people are doing. It's not so psychic. Uh, I actually really thought it was more towards the fall and now I'm looking at what people are doing and I'm thinking it might not take that long. Um, uh, exactly what happens when that happens, I don't know. I mean, that's the real honest answer. I'm not exactly sure what we're gonna do with it and what it's going to be. What I'm gonna tell you is that I do see uh, out of the corner when I look, I look, I look in different directions. It's a, you know, when you look psychically and I look, uh, I look sometimes sideways and I see those that are manipulating and, and, and playing with the field right now. I see those that are, are trying to control dead on uh, and those that are out of touch. And, you know, there's many categories, but we'll just work with those three. Uh, and they're all having their influences. So um, I think this COVID thing is going to go on for a year or more in the sense that we're gonna see the manipulation and what comes out of it that's gonna go on for a while. I think the virus uh, could move into a very different state by the end of the year uh, for whatever reason, uh, whether that's 
vaccine or otherwise. Um, I also think we're going to find, I think there's a lot of, of alternative natural health practitioners that are going to get out there and really help us with understanding things that we can do to support our system uh, that are going to be really highly effective and maybe surprisingly so uh, to help us that are going to be coming to light. So there's a lot of different factors. So when you ask me that, it's a really broad question um, and uh, there's not one clear answer, but I hope that gives you some insight. Uh, the biggest thing I'll tell you is, um, you know, <clears throat> so I, I knew several people who've had COVID uh, and I know several who are, are uh, fine. They've come out the other side. I know uh, one person in particular who's in my mind who said it was the worst thing that they ever went through. And uh, it was just a, the most awful flu, but they got through it and they got through it staying home. Um, and I know other people who went through it and said that, you know, it was pretty mild for them. And, and we've heard about these different types of cases. Uh, but I also have a friend who is 39 years old uh, and he didn't have any known uh, previous health conditions. Uh, he was a police officer in South Florida uh, and he didn't live. Um, and you know, if you're one of those 100,000 people that died and you have family that love you, uh, COVID was a pretty serious thing. And I don't know that, you know, all the choices we're making and affecting the economy, I don't, you know, have a clear answer of what we should do. That's not where I speak from. Uh, but I do speak from this, which is, you know, our next moves aren't clear. We don't have trusted guidance leading us saying, okay, here's a clear view of how to proceed in a healthy way. Uh, we have rogue opinions running all over the place. And it's so important that we as individuals take responsibility for how we participate in this for ourselves, for our family, for our loved ones, and for our community. You know, and that's really what, what this show is all about is, is that we need to come back to that and remember that. And that uh, let us find out that it's not that bad. Let us find out that there's a better way to move forward. And let us not point fingers and say, you guys fucked up because we should have known that already and just do that. Let us say, okay, how do we move forward in a healthier way? Let, it, let us take this information and go there, but we don't have that information clearly right now in front of us. So, um, yeah, I think it's about personal responsibility and personal integrity. Uh, anyway, I wanted to, uh, I guess that really goes into, I talked about interconnectedness, um, the global reset. Are there any other questions before I go on? I actually did want to talk about something else here before I wrap up tonight, Was that? I think we're all set at this point. Okay, thank you. So um, <clears throat> before I sort of round out, uh, you know, I, I started Perspective on the Pandemic to connect us all. Um, and to bring people together. And, uh, you know, I don't know how often you do it, uh, but opening your heart and connecting with humanity and really opening yourself to that. Uh, first connecting to yourself and then connecting uh, and building your relationship. Who am I in this relationship? And just asking those questions or something you can do. And it, it, it helps to tune us to the world around us. And it's, it's not always comfortable, um, but it is always powerful. And whether you think that you have talents or not, you know, whatever your identity is, 
with the spiritual path. If you're a meditator or a non-meditator, if you're, you know, a heady scientist, you know, I, I don't care. Uh, we're made of the same stuff. We're stardust. We're made of, everything is made of the same stuff. At a, at a base level, we go down to it. It's all the same in different manifestations. And it's important that we start connecting with that. And you can do that. And it really just takes taking the time. Uh, breath is a great place to start to work with our nervous system, to bring our nervous system into a state where we can feel, sense. Uh, and then from there, just bringing that intention to, you know, uh, the who am I first, just connecting to that on an energetic level, you know, going within. And then the who am I in relationship to my community. And, you know, when you live from that place, uh, you don't, it's not so... Um, difficult to move forward without necessarily having the answers. I've watched a lot of people uh, who really live in their analytics and their rational mind. Uh, and I get frustrated with them, especially the ones that I love uh, the most around me. Because that mind uh, is always working with what's known, with what's, what's known or knowable in front of it. And I believe that there's the unknowable for the conscious mind that our unconscious is completely in tune with. And when we tune into that, we have that resource in us. And it's our body, it's our senses that guide us if we're in danger or not in danger or what direction we need to go or not go. Um, and sometimes, listen, we get offline, I can go five miles in a car out of my way before I turn back, uh, but I still turn back. And, and, uh, and it's, you know, sometimes we're quicker at that than others, but we're not doing it at all if we don't bother to connect in. So I really ask you to, to get more connected to yourself. And I will suggest to you that that's really taking your power back, is getting more in tune with yourself as a soul or spirit energy, uh, as consciousness, and realizing those are different things, by the way, soul, spirit, consciousness. Um, uh, there's a place where we're pure consciousness, but there's a place where we're soul, we're spirit. We are a personality embodied uh and so getting more connected to that helps us to be more connected with what's in tune with us and what's not and you know patty talked a little bit about people being a little bit more awake or aware or uh accepting at this time of this kind of work than they were before but that's because you're waking up we're all waking up uh it's just it, it's just happening <laughs> uh so people are more in tune whether they believe it or not uh people are experiencing it um and so now that you're experiencing that, you're, I think, in a sense, nature is asking us to be in tune with nature, to return home to nature, and to remember that that's what we are. Um, yeah. And with all that said, remember, you live on Earth with a tilted axis, right? Things aren't, they're not straight up and down. They're not black and white. They're a little tilted. Perception is a little tilted. You know, if you want to understand the world around you, you can't try to look so dead on. You have to look with a little tilt. Uh, and I mean that quite literally. Uh, and if you're not looking with a little tilt, if you're not in alignment with the idea that, oh, you know, there is no perfect balance. Balance is actually more of a way of life. You know, people say it's a state of being. Well, I like that. I, I probably have said that. Uh, except that's not totally true because we don't necessarily stay in any state of being. You know, balance, is, balance is more of a, it's, it's a moving target. <laughs> it's something that we work for every day. Uh, and 
the balance is more about being balanced from internal to external than it is about having some sort of perfect balance within ourselves. It's relationship, uh, relationship to self, relationship to family, relationship to loved ones, relationship to nature, the world, and beyond. Um, so that's who we are. I think it's time to start expanding our identity, and I think that that starts by going within. Um, I hope that you guys enjoyed this show, this episode. <laughs> Next week, we have perspectives on the reemergence. And my first guest is the, uh, one of the co-founders of Milk Makeup. It's uh, Georgie Greville, and she's an amazing creative human being. She used to, uh, she's done directed videos and film. Uh, she's a creative director with Milk Makeup, and she is about radical inclusion. Uh, definitely somebody who lives connected and conscious, and I think it's going to be an amazing day to start the new season. Um, and I'm going to tell you, we're going to follow that. So in June, uh, you'll get a notice about this, but I have coming up um, uh, Amelia Ortiz, who is, uh, she's, you know, you can call her an Instagram influencer. She has a lot of uh, followers on Instagram. Uh, she's a bruja, a good old-fashioned bruja, uh, quite a powerful witch. And um, she's also somebody who speaks out about mental health, uh, compassion, love, and just a force of nature. So she'll be on. Uh, Adam Robinson, who is uh, one of the co-founders of the Princeton Review. Um, he is also uh, the kind of person who has the ear of uh, billionaires around the planet um, and, uh, and an amazing creative innovator in the world. So he'll be coming on with us. Um, and I, I actually have a Prince, uh, Georgetown law professor that's going to be coming on. Uh, later on this month, who's going to be talking to us about maybe our civil liberties and laws and some of what we might see going on. So I have a whole variety of guests that are going to be coming in this next season. All of it is going to be uh, maybe about understanding a little bit about what may be happening in the world around us, um, what we can do, how we might impact that, but also then always returning back to our own internal relationship, who we are in that process, who we can be in that, uh, and how do we become the best version of ourselves. Um, Let's see, anyone else? I think that covers it. Thank you so much. Remember uh, that you are the manifestation of love in body. And so remembering that, let yourself not try to love yourself, but actually feel the love that is you and see how that changes your perception. Great to see you all. Bye for now.